some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one.
that uh, there are, that, that the seasons do change and that uh, your research area or area you go to, um, you want to understand all that it has to offer and give, and uh, it's just the best way to go about it. And I mean, I particularly love this time of year. I love the snow, and uh, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. But I like to be out all times of the year to get a better and broader picture. What elevation should I be at? You know, what's going on at the elevation that I've I study, and what's going on below and above, and the whole thing. That's yeah, and that's that's a great uh, a great point. Is that uh, being out there year round does, as you say, it, it provides a broader picture, um, and and the whole context of of uh, studying a particular area, and uh, and movement not just of you know. Uh, our quarry, <laughs> but you know, other animals and, and wildlife and stuff and, and how that affects their movement because how it affects, you know, we're talking about a, a predator animal and, uh, and of course, so the movement of other, of, of prey uh, would affect and predict to some degree what, what the movement of the predators are. So, yeah, yeah. You want to, you want to understand the, the, the fauna in that area, the ungulates, what they're doing, you know, uh, at multiple elevations, you know, and, uh, you know, is what's coming through that research area that you've been studying in the summer? Anything? I mean, do you have deer or elk or bear or cougar or deer, you know, uh, I mean, rabbits or squirrels, anything, you know, and then what, what's the, the fauna? You know, I mean, what's the, uh, what's the ground cover like? You know, uh, that's all little tidbits um, that... If you only study or go into an area one time of year, you're only getting part of the picture. Uh, you're not really truly understanding what's going on. You know, if you follow elk and whatnot, you know, they move around a lot. And, uh, you know, I remember a couple years ago I was up at Mount St. Helens, and I was studying. We were up there checking out some reports um, from some hunters. We went up in the wintertime, and we were at a decent elevation, and we saw, like, I think, a coyote uh the whole time we were out there, just one coyote that was following us, and when we had noticed it, it peeled off and took off, found very little tracks. We dropped down about 500 feet, and wow, guess what? Uh, life galore, elk tracks, deer tracks, you know, um, coyote tracks, and we, you know, saw, you know, more birds and everything. I mean, it stands to reason. It's not rocket science, obviously. Things got to eat, and if snow's covering, you know, the, the ground, you know, it makes it a little bit more difficult to find, you know, nutrients in, in food. So you drop down a little bit, and there's there's your green lush grass and uh, lush grass and whatnot. So it just makes a lot of sense. One of the, I think the advantages of of uh, going out during the winter when there's a lot of snow at higher elevations is it actually compresses the amount of space that you actually have to to cover because all the the wildlife moves down. So you you know they're not up in the snow line, so you actually can can uh, move around in the areas that aren't snow covered and and run into quite a bit of wildlife. You know where yeah. where it's spread out over the whole entire ele- all elevations at other times of year. So right. <clears throat> so, so it um, it's important to, to to spend the time out there, and I fortunately love it. I know a lot of people hate it, and I understand why because it's <laughs> cold and. It makes for sometimes miserable camping situations, but um, if you're if if the more time you spend out there, the more experience you have, and then you get to really um, benefit from that because then you get to realize 
how other animals adapt to those uh, living situations and where they go and what they do. And if you can understand just the, the known species, perhaps you can better understand the unknown or non-proven species like Sasquatch. Very good. Well, I know that, that uh, we've talked and, and that you're rededicating yourself to getting out in the field as much as possible um, the, this uh, in 2016, and I'm I'm a, of the same mind that you know that we we know for a fact that uh, this this uh, species will not be proven on Facebook or on on the computer. We need to be out in the field um, and uh, going places and expanding our our uh, research and and documenting and and following checking areas that we haven't checked before and uh, all that takes time being out in in the woods you know uh, as much as possible so i look forward to uh, a productive 2016 in terms of research so uh, yeah yeah every year every year i think uh, you need to um set yourself some goals and and uh, i in in come up with some new ideas and then really envelop those into your research and really stick to it. Uh, if you're just plateauing, uh, you probably won't get anywhere. You really got to think outside the box. I know people think, oh, we, well, we've been looking for Bigfoot Sasquatch for, you know, 60 plus years and this and that. There's always a new idea, a new endeavor, um, different areas to look at that will uh, – that will that are of value, and if you can really nail those down and stick your guns on it, you know, um, perhaps you'll get somewhere. But don't stay stagnant. You know, uh, think outside the box. Uh, do bigger and better things, uh, and make goals for yourself. I mean, it goes for just life in general. But with this subject, there's always something new to be found, and uh, new ideas coming forth, new technology, and you got to envelop all that within your your game plan. And it's very important, I think. And I, I got big, you know, we have big goals. Uh, the Lynn Project mm-hmm. Filming Group, uh, us as individuals have huge goals and ideas for this upcoming year. And, I'm, you know, another year I'm excited about doing this type of research. It's a lot of fun. And uh, if you're not enjoying yourself, well, you probably shouldn't be in it. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah, uh, moving on to uh, other topics, same topic, but, but another subject is uh, tonight is the two-hour premiere uh, of Finding Bigfoot. Are you excited? Will you be watching Glued to the Two? We'll be glued, but I will be watching. Uh, I got you know the, those guys are my friends. You know, uh, Cliff Berkman is a, is a friend of mine, a friend of ours, and um, I enjoy his exploits as well as Bobo and Renee and, and Matt. You know, I, I like the show for its entertainment. It's fun to watch. Um, will it prove Sasquatch? Probably not. <laughs> but it's it's a fun show to watch. I don't think it's doing any harm, as people claim that it is. I really don't. Uh, it's it's getting awareness out there of the subject. Um, uh, <clears throat> and having said that, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I enjoy the show for its entertainment value. I know the, a lot of those guys are independent researchers that take the subject very seriously and enjoy researching. And, and they get paid to go out and talk to people and travel around the world. And, you know, bless them. That awesome stuff. So... Uh, and they do talk to some very interesting witnesses and go to some really interesting places. So for that for that value, 
it's valuable to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I like you said, I also enjoy it for the entertainment value, and and uh, I'm I know Bobo and I know Cliff and I know Matt and I've met Renee, so it's it, it's right. kind of fun to have some you know people that you're familiar with um, out there, and yeah, it's they all you know will tell you that they are well aware that that uh, the show does not accurately depict what they do when they're out researching. But, like you said, it, it has raised awareness. I, I always refer to it as this generation's like in search of. You know, this has raised awareness. It's a great show for uh, people to be introduced to the subject. And it has allowed a lot, I think it's allowed a lot of people uh, that have had encounters um, to come forward and feel comfortable doing it and not, you know, uh, overcome that, not wanting to look like a crazy person. Because, you know, right. the, there's, you know there's a TV show on on a, about the subject, so. Right, and Gunnar, you and I have both been involved with um, a couple of the, 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 the Finding Bigfoot shows. We've been in them, we've, we've you know, gone out with those guys, and, uh, you know, yes, there's production crew there and everything else. Um, doesn't change um, our research, doesn't change Cliff, Cliff's research or Bobo's research on the subject. Um, you know, they get paid to do a TV show. And um, mm-hmm. we were fortunate to be invited on a couple of shows and, and had fun doing them. Um, mm-hmm. Got to see behind the scenes what they're really about and what they're doing. And it is for entertainment purposes. Uh, it's you know it's it, you know there is some research involved, but at the same time, you have to. Um, if, if nobody's watching the show, it's not going to make it. And so it has to be somewhat entertaining. And that's right. just the, the, the core of the show. Uh, you know, people love it or hate it. It's there, and uh, you know, it's. I enjoy it for what it is. You know, I don't sit there and wait every weekend for it, but I will watch them. <laughs> I enjoy them. And I, and I still am somewhat hopeful that you know they'll have some kind of substantive substantive uh, encounter. It, you never know. They they're spending a lot of times out in the woods with a lot of equipment, so um, it, I it, I enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to it. And I know that you know. Obviously, there's a lot of people that still watch it because it's still on TV. So yeah, um, exactly. That you know, Animal Planet Tonight, um, the two-hour premiere of the Finding Bigfoot season. So uh, I'll uh, I'll be watching it. Exactly. A little bit of uh, uh, Bigfoot news this week. Uh, I don't I don't know how many people that are listening are familiar with uh, Dr. Matthew Johnson and. He has a, a research area in Southern Oregon uh, that he refers to as SOA, which uh, stands for the Southern Oregon Habituation Area. And he's he's been going out there for you know eight eight and a half years to the same location, even when he moved 300 miles away. So um, there was uh, he he uh, had a group of people that were determined to find. Uh, his secret location, which uh, is on, you know, in the public land. Um, and I, and it's funny because I know a little bit of, you know, I have a little bit of background because I actually went to SOA one time with uh, Dr. J and uh, I, I don't know how many times I've been asked for the location and I, I had a, made an agreement, you know, I had agreed not to share the location. Um, just like I, we have a research area and I, I don't tell everybody where our research area is because I don't want people you know, it, it increases the the likelihood of being hoaxed. Um, and and this week, the the guys that that uh, have been trying to find it uh, uh, had success. They you know, and uh, 
that opened up a firestorm of a debate about you know whether that was okay to do um and and uh i and that's every i mean there you know you have people that think it's fine because they their opinion of uh of dr james's research and then you know other people that disagree that you know that it's not okay to uh go out and go and find somebody's research area and and uh make it public and that's you know that you can argue both sides. One of, one of the things that's kind of interesting to me, I mean, Dr. J painted a target on himself because he was challenging these guys to, to find the location and tell them that they never would. And, well, he now knows that he was wrong, and they, they did locate it, and, and it, it caused, like I said, a, a firestorm of debate. And, and a lot of it, it's interesting to me is how much energy gets put into something like that because... In the end, uh, it's not going to uh, really add anything or take away anything from Bigfooting. Uh, if uh, there's, to me, going out and doing field research in your own area is is what's productive. Uh, getting into big arguments and debates about stuff like that on Facebook just is not mm-hmm. pr- productive. Or, or for me, it's not where I, I you know, I have a, everybody has a limited amount of time and energy and it's just not where I choose to put my energy so yeah did, did you have anything to add Shane on that well yeah I totally agree uh, everything that you just said Gunner is that Matthew Johnson put it out there you know he, he, uh, as Bruce Kelly says in the chat you know Johnson taunted people to, and he challenged them and he did and then guess what well <laughs> people will probably more times than not take that challenge to heart and, and move forward with it and guess what well uh, you know, they found the location, and um, you know, uh, is that where I would put my time and effort? No, I, I got better things to do. I got areas to research on my own. You know, and I, you know, the Olympic Project was tagged as being a group that was a big part of this. No, I, I, I never uh, vested any time into finding the area. Uh, if I wanted to, I know I probably could find it easily. I have no doubt about that. But I don't have time or effort or. or well, not to do that. So not my efforts, not the Olympic Project's efforts. We don't care. We we have other things to do, better things to do. This finding someone's area of, of research, whether you believe in, in someone's claims or not, will not um, boost forward the effort and the subject matter in regards to Sasquatch. Uh, that, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time messing with stuff that really won't get you anywhere. I mean, what's your, what's your ultimate goals? Do, I mean, expose a ho- you know, if you think the guy's a hoaxer, sure. And I, I understand where some of these guys are coming from with that. I just, not my, my thing to do. Uh, you know, I, <clears throat> just not interested in it, you know, and, uh, yeah. So, move onward. It was an interesting upward, you know? Yeah. The day, at the day of discovery, when, when, uh, the, the species is confirmed. It won't. It won't matter one way or the other. When it, to me, with this, this, well, it's just it, another it, one of those things that happened. You know. And uh, here's the thing, too, is we're talking yeah. to the audience tonight. You know, and a lot of people don't know what the heck we're talking about. They don't care. What they mm-hmm. care about is is what our guests have to say. What uh, what are we bringing to the table, and what's new in the Sasquatch research? What's what are people finding? And so uh, this 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 endeavor. Within locating uh, someone's um, area, yeah, we have an audience that know who these people are and, and are interested in the subject. But 
our broader audience has no idea what the heck we're talking about, and I understand that. Right. <laughs> and I get it right. uh, because yeah. they're just interested in the, the Sasquatch phenomenon in general. They're not interested in finding somebody's they research quit drama. Area. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. They quit this, drama. You know, some people love soap operas. I don't. I'm not a soap opera guy. I don't like drama. I like to keep it crisp and clear, and, and here's the evidence. Here's the lack of evidence. Here's what people are doing. This is what we're doing. That's You know, I, I think that's what the vast majority of people want to hear. And so, you know, it's just not interesting to me to find a location of someone else's research area that may or may not be, ha, have anything to prove or bring to the table. Um, what am I doing? I'm more focused on what I'm doing with the groups that I work with, and um, that's that's to me is is the important thing. Not looking into someone else's research area, but uh, I I do understand why some of these individuals did it, and there was a challenge there, and 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 uh, I guarantee it's probably not done. You know, there'll be more to be said about this, um, but for the record, the Lent Project had nothing to do with this, and we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, we was, just don't. It was, it was just an interesting. It was an interesting storyline this week in in Bigfooting, and if, like you said, the broader to most people and uh, and most of the people probably listening to the show do not have any idea about SOA or or really are not that interested in in the drama of Bigfooting. So that being all no, said, to, um, yeah, to I'm ready to. Uh, yeah, we've got an interesting. Uh, show for you today and it's it's uh, a gentleman who is a, a professional makeup artist who has a passion for Bigfoot and and uh, decided to make his own Bigfoot movie which is in and I believe in pre-production at this point with the scheduled release date uh, released sometime in 2017 um, the, the title of the movie is a Sasquatch boss of the forest and uh, our guest today is Collier. And I'm sorry, Collier, I, my Internet is actually down on my phone right now, so uh, I remembered your first name and your last name is escaping me. Shane, do you have that? Are you still there? Uh, <laughs> I am still Collier. here. Yes. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it escapes me as well. Okay. Um, big foul up there. Um, I sorry, think it was yeah. Kel. Sorry, Collier. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and bring Collier on at this. Let's verify. Collier, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi, Shane. This is Gunner. <laughs> I believe we have Collier on the line now. Yeah. Can you hear? Yeah, I can, can hear you. Can now. hear you. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are Doing well. Thanks for uh, joining us this evening. We uh, we we kind of goofed up on your last name. <laughs> no, it's all right. I was. Gonna... Shane, is it me or is is Collier cutting out? He's cutting out. Collier, you're, you're kind of cutting out on us. I don't know if it's your connection or whatnot, but uh, you're kind of cutting out. Um, uh, I heard you speak for a second, but then you dropped off. It's all right. Hang on, call back. Uh, I can Let's hear you now. Yeah. No, no problem. Are you still there? <laughs> yep, I'm right here. Okay, Live perfect. radio. No, we can hear you now. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I don't know if it's blog talk on your end, but anyways, uh, glad to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. 
No problem. Yeah, excellent. Uh, so, uh, Gunnar, do you want to run with this? I, I know uh, we were, uh, you know, we're very excited to have you on here. You know, we're I'm, I'm a big fan of Bill Munns, and so to find out that you're a makeup, you know, uh, specialist artist in the field, that's super exciting to me. Yeah, also I was going to professional myself, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? If uh, you are still cutting in and out, if you don't mind, if you can call back in, um, maybe that will fix the problem. Uh, you're kind of in and out again. Sorry. Oh, no problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna release you here. Please call back in, and I'll pick you right back up. All right. Yeah, I don't know if it's Blog Talk or or, uh, on his end, but either way, uh, you know, it's really interesting because I'm a big fan of Bill Munns and his work. You know, uh, he did the, you know, helped out with the Creature of Black Lagoon and King Kong and a bunch of stuff. So having someone else on the show that is familiar with this subject matter and has a film coming out, it's it's exciting to me. So here he is here. I'm going to bring him back on. Hey, Caller, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Is there still having any problems? No, No, you sound great now. Yeah, you sound great now, so perfect. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Collier, uh, as I was saying before we in- brought you on, I, my internet was down, so I was, did not have, have your last name. Why don't you tell our, our uh, listening audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, and your background? Well, I am Collier Wilmus. I uh, do uh, makeup effects sort of in my free time for the moment. It's uh, my career goal. and uh, I've been wanting to make a Bigfoot movie forever. It's uh, I've been working at it since I was, like, I think a freshman in high school and mostly been putting it off, like, forever. And then, like, earlier this year, I decided to finally take it seriously. I uh, took a couple of months to write a rough screenplay, and I've been going and touching it up over to the production. And I've been uh, working at uh, making a Bigfoot suit. And that's basically where we're at right now. No, fantastic. What really got you, Collier, what really got you into uh, the subject of Bigfoot? I mean, what's your fascination, uh, you know, with, with this subject? Well, it really started, uh, like, as a child, like, uh, I would see, like, these Bigfoot documentaries on all the time, and uh, uh actually had uh, some cruel jokes played on me uh, where people would say they were going <laughs> to leave me out in the woods for Bigfoot to come and get me, and uh, that uh, sort of, I guess, snowballed from there, uh, and I've always loved Bigfoot movies, and like uh, from Legend of Boggy Creek to Sasquatch, Legend of Bigfoot to more recent movies like Exists. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, you have, yeah, the you have uh, movie Exists. Um, yeah. That Ed, Ed, Eduardo Sanchez, who I've interviewed before, but before the release of his film, um, he spent a lot of time, uh, and he's had an interest in it, the subject matter too. He spent, but he spent a lot of time uh, researching the subject. And whatnot, and uh, his—that's where his fascination was. Kind of similar along the lines of, of your fascination with it. He's not a researcher, and I don't, I don't think you would claim to be a researcher, right? You just—you're just interested in the subject matter and, and the, the, the enigma, 
of it all. Oh, yeah. Um, well, like I said, I've been fascinated with it all my life, uh, pretty much. And pretty much in my free time, I look up all sorts of Bigfoot stuff, look at the documentaries, uh, see what's new in the Bigfoot world, what uh, photos have come out, what of hoaxes are going on, what actual credible research is being done. Mm-hmm. What, what do you... Well, speaking of that, I mean... In your mind, what what credible research is being done? Is there anybody that you, uh, researcher-wise, that you, you really pay attention to or um, listen to or, or think are, are going about things the right way? Any groups or people that come to mind? Mm, I, I, hmm. Really, because uh, I, can't, I can't say, like, recent stuff, because uh, it Stuff has been flowing down. Obviously, when you're working on a movie, you sort of mm-hmm. almost cut, cut yourself off. But uh, all I can think of people that I've met that are real, I feel are really cool and have, are very great researchers are people like Michael Ruggs, who does the Bigfoot Discovery Project. Because mm-hmm. I actually I got a chance to visit his museum this past spring when I was out in California with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he was just a very uh, cool guy. I uh, also contacted him when I was first starting this as a when I was in high school, and uh, he really was very helpful with all his knowledge. And uh, since he spans back into the when Bigfoot really started, well, not really started, but our modern interpretation of Bigfoot started like in the fifties. Yeah, Michael Rugg is is a really knowledgeable guy, spe- specifically in that area of Northern California. He is so knowledgeable, and he act, you know, his museum. Uh, if you haven't been there, uh, for those that are listening, I rec- highly recommend it. If you want to check out a museum with a lot of history and artifacts and stuff, I mean, he even has a a tooth there. I don't know if he showed it to you. He probably did, but he has a tooth yeah, there that, uh, yeah, and it's very interesting the backstory on it. But a tooth that um, he he's has that uh, uh, may or may not be a Sasquatch. I don't know, but it's a large, at least a, a molar. I could be wrong. But um, anyways, and then he, he, he has, you know, replicas of skulls there, of Gigantopithecus, you know, re- recreations and whatnot. Um, very fascinating museum, and Michael Rugg is a true pioneer, and, and uh, you know, uh, he also, you know, needs funding. So if anybody uh, that has been there wants to help fund the museum, because it takes a lot of work to keep that, place open i highly recommend you know you know putting some money there but anyways um yeah great great guy uh anybody else uh that you've met up with that uh you've talked to anybody else reached out to you to give you guidance or advice oh uh, i don't know about like uh people i've met because i've met like very few bigfoot researchers of course uh i've uh sort of corresponded with uh julie wrench who got, uh, got me on the show Mm-hmm. She's a very cool person, very helpful with getting the movie out there so far. And uh, and I've talked to other podcasters like uh, um, Jeff Kelly mm-hmm. and Squatchers Lounge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's mostly been slowing down for me because of, like I said, you know, cutting yourself off pretty much when you're making your movie. All about trying to get it done. 
Right. Well, let's talk. Well, I can, mean, Collier, yeah. what, can you talk a little bit about the process that you're going through to uh, create this Bigfoot movie, and uh, what? Why did you? What? What uh, led you to the title, Sasquatch Boss of the Forest? I keep saying woods, but it's the forest. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, uh, the title alone originally it was uh, set to be Oma Boss of the Forest. But uh, when I and that was going to be the way it was for the five years, it was sort of in limbo. And uh, I, when I finally started taking it seriously, I made a Facebook page for it and I was starting to promote it. Then I had some people out there that uh, uh, pretty much brought to my attention that Omaha is actually, is, I guess it came that uh, Omaha isn't really a word for Bigfoot, it's uh, more of a term for bad Indian. And uh, that if I went ahead with it, I would I would sort of offend some people, I guess. And I went and uh, did some fact checking, so I decided it was probably better just to change it to Sasquatch Boss in the Forest. Gotcha. So, what's the process of, I mean, uh, of making uh, a movie about Bigfoot? I mean, what what was step one, step two? What have you gone through to? I saw on your on your uh, Facebook page that you're doing storyboarding. Is that something yeah. you're working on currently? Yeah. Yeah, it's something I'm currently going through. I'm storyboarding almost every page of the script. Uh, so pretty much it started with, of course, the writing. I, I pretty much went through and watched all the Bigfoot movies I could, from Legend of Boggy Creek, Creature from Black Lake, uh, Exists. Sasquatch Mountain, Sasquatch, Sasquatch Hunters, et cetera, et cetera. Seeing what's been done, what has not been done, and what would I like to do, what, what I want to see done. And one thing that I've seen rarely touched upon, like the only time I've seen it touched upon was in, in exists, was that Sasquatch never feels like it's a character in the movie. Like uh, he's just sort of either in the background or basically, uh, for lack of a better word, a prop in the movie. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that this was an actual character, that he had a motivation. Not like super elaborate, just that there's some, I guess, a little bit of depth there. And that was something that in Exist was different about Exist. I mean, a lot of it, it seems like the the majority of Bigfoot movies that I've seen have been basically monster movies that thinks it's a monster and tears people apart and and exists. You know, there was there was something to that that the there was a motivation behind the the creature's behavior and it wasn't just that it was out to kill people like a monster. Is I mean that when you're talking about depth of character, is that is that what you're talking about with with your movie? Oh yeah, pretty much. Pretty much to sum it up, uh, when I was talking to the composer for the movie, a guy named Stav, uh, check him out. He also did the music for another Bigfoot short called Hominid. Um, he, uh, in his words, he described our Bigfoot as like a tragic character. Oh, good. I mean, that's so. Um, where where did the phrase "boss of the woods" come from? Oh, it came from, uh, pretty much stemmed from the title, uh, back when it was Oma, 
because uh, you always heard Native Americans talk about the Bigfoot's always being like the boss of the mountains or the boss of the woods or the boss of the forest. That uh, it's a, a character that or a creature to be respected, and he's in charge of the forest. He is the pretty much like the top dog. One well, and I think a lot of Bigfoot researchers would would agree with you that for that premise that that uh, they are uh, in charge in the woods. You know, they seem to. Uh, have an upper hand on 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 us Bigfoot researchers for the most part. So one of the, I mean, for me, one of the things that that I'm excited to see is what what uh, kind of uh, costume that comes out from someone who who is a makeup artist or a special effects artist. Uh, what what can we expect to see, you know, in terms of of detail of the the creature is there going to be a lot of uh, uh, clear shots or or is it going to be fuzzy in the background well also another thing that I wanted to do with this movie was uh, if uh, everything goes as planned because I am planning we're planning to do an Indiegogo to help uh, fund the project if Mm -hmm. we get real and the money uh, I would like to have this set in the 70s, because that's when I feel like the that's when Bigfoot was the biggest, because you just came hot off the Pirates and Gimlin film, and there's a lot of, like, that's when most of the Bigfoot movies we remember come from, like Legend of Boggy Creek and all that. So I feel like that would be a very good time to set the movie in, so, and also I wanted to sort of weave in, like, an atmosphere, like, sort of, like, when you see like the old universal horror movies where they have this atmosphere where there's all the fog and stuff. And I just wanted to see that nice image of like, especially during the beginning when you're doing building the suspense and you're just teasing the audience of the creature, seeing the silhouette of the Bigfoot like gliding almost through the fog. So then, what like, is the, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say then move into a, hopefully a very big climax, not big as in like, oh, everything's exploding. So just like big as in like, oh, it's like feels grand, like, you know. So, so tell us a little bit about the the storyline. I mean, what what is the premise of, of your movie? Basically, uh, it's all about, uh, there's like, three core characters that go throughout the movie with a couple of side, almost side characters. Uh, the three main characters are a Bigfoot researcher named Debbie, a grieving widower named uh, Steve, and, of course, the Bigfoot. And so uh, the basic premise is Debbie's father, who is a... Uh, Bigfoot researcher that is based off of a number of people, mainly Robert Patterson and uh, uh, Grover Krantz. He has he has uh, passed away, and she's pretty much trying to carry on his legacy and trying to finish a book he was writing. And she's got a sort of a sleazy uh, documentary filmmaker named uh, Norm Marks. <laughs> uh, 
who is doing this documentary he's wanting to do, and he can't get the funding for, and so they go out to the woods because there's been this uh, report of a hermit who had a shot a couple of creatures uh, ten years prior, and so they go out into the woods. They meet the hermit. He is a very sketchy guy, but he's basically warning him to be careful because the Sasquatch is the boss of the forest. And but they, of course, we don't have a movie if they obeyed what he warned them of, and they <laughs> press on. Uh, pretty much the the movie spirals out of control from one of them pretty much screwing up and meanwhile there's this uh Steve he's dealing having to deal with the fact that his wife is dying and has to go out into the woods to pretty much spread her ashes. And it sounds like you know so how did you uh call your I mean how did you come up with this premise uh, in this story, this outline for for it? I mean, uh, we're you know, there's 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 people out there like Justin Smeha who have claimed to have shot him, shot Sasquatch uh, up at uh, up in the Sierras. Um, so I mean, this this storyline uh, is not necessarily unique. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's not a film yet. It, it could be very unique. But I mean, did you did you how did you envelop this story? How did it come to you, and, and why the premise uh, of this storyline? Oh, it sort of started, spiraled as a combination of just pretty much soaking up all this energy about what uh, stories in the Bigfoot community, like uh, obviously the Justin Smeha story, uh, stories like Cape Canyon. Um, I'm trying to think of others. And also there's been some people that I've, Friended on Facebook that sort of had a inspiration for some of the characters. Uh, I, I can't remember who the woman's name is, but I remember she had uh, posted in one of the Facebook groups that she was ca- uh, trying to carry on her father's legacy of uh, doing uh, Bigfoot research. And at that point, um, the script uh, that Lori, was sort of would a, that be Lori Simmons? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, that could okay. be. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I know that Lori. Like I said, her name is one. escapes me. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. But, so you, uh, you, at that point, you, Debbie you, was a. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say. So I mean, you, you, you know, some of your inspiration has come from uh, those on Facebook online, uh, their stories, their encounters, their experiences, uh, and you've looked at that uh, for um, a storyline as well as you know probably your own personal research into the subject. Uh, to get um, an interesting storyline, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and also there's a little bit of inspiration from older movies I've seen. And also uh, pretty much my uh, the look of the creature is sort of inspired by what I thought of as a kid, what Bigfoot would look like. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the most fascinating things about these these Bigfoot movies is I always I always love to uh see what every producer or you know uh, director has um put into their Bigfoot what it looks like because it varies sometimes you got a bloodthirsty looking creature 
you got a more hominid, you know, looking uh, man-like creature, caveman, and some, you know, it's just purely creature. It, it, and so I really, when I'm watching these movies, um, some good, some horrible, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and obviously some don't even have a big foot in it. Exactly. Sometimes they just kind of, uh, you don't really see what the heck you're look, you know, what's there, but you know that it's supposed to be a Sasquatch or something, but you don't really see it. Uh, you know, I know with the movie Exist that um, Eduardo Sanchez put a lot of money into the costume. I mean, I remember talking to him about that, you know, and he did, you know, Eduardo Sanchez did the Blair Witch Project. Uh, so just for a background, if you don't know who Eduardo Sanchez is, but he put a lot of money into the Sasquatch costume. And um, it was, you know, uh, a lot of people disagree you know, those who have had sightings, you know, or claim to have sightings, disagree about, you know, that particular um, prop. Uh, but, you know, it, I always find it very interesting to see, you know, everybody else's uh, input or intake as to what Sasquatch looks like. So I'm really curious as to, you know, you know, without giving away your, your, your you know, your whole story and everything else, but, I mean, what kind of, uh, are we going to see a Sasquatch in, in your movie and if so, you know, what, what way are you leaning as to the look? Oh, yeah. You're going to see uh, at least quite a bit of the creature because, uh, like I said, that's the center of the movie pretty much. He is He's the title character, so you got to have him. Uh, mm-hmm. He's. It's going to be like, not to mention Eduardo so much, but... It's pretty much, I'm, I share his philosophy. It's got to be a real-world creature, I feel. He's not like a, a spirit. He's not like an alien. He uh-huh. is just a, a offshoot of our genetic lineage. Right. And as long as he doesn't come out with a red handkerchief out of his back pocket because, you know, Bruce Springsteen was the boss, right? So the boss of the woods better not come out <laughs> looking like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Yeah, the Bigfoot's definitely not going to, like, uh, go up to anybody and be like, oh, yes, can you please step into my office? I don't feel like you're uh, doing your uh, wood business very, very well. <laughs> but I think I see another movie there. It's like the office space of, you know, the boss of the office space woods or something. But that, that's, uh, <laughs> that could be a miniseries. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> I think that's been done. Yeah, that's what Harry did after he went off back into the woods. (laughs) Those other Bigfoots, they uh, started their own little family business. (laughs) Right. So Uh, where are you doing funding for this show? I I think you got a Kickstarter going for it. And uh, are you getting a lot of um, people interested in, in this movie? I mean, how hard is it to get this thing off the ground you know, I, 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 we, we've interviewed a lot of people doing Bigfoot movies and whatnot, and it could be very difficult at times. Are what kind of uh, are you running into a lot of struggles uh, financially, or are you getting a lot of um, people interested in in funding the movie? Well, whenever you're making a movie, you're probably going to have financial troubles. But uh, I haven't done a uh, crowdfunder yet. Uh, we were going to do a Kickstarter last uh, fall, but. We had some minor setbacks, and I just decided to push it uh, back a little bit at least until we could get a trailer together, and which that trailer evolved into just doing a short film version first to sort of give people a little taste of what to expect. 
And uh, so I'm shooting for sometime in April, launching the Indiegogo campaign to fund the movie. And it's just about choosing what budget would uh, work best for us and would still be reasonable. That people would be like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, achievable for them. Right, gotcha. So, and, and, you know, you've done a... a you're, you know, I guess by trade, I mean, you've done some, some makeup, you know, you're a makeup artist. Uh, so what what, else, what other things have you done to get you to where you're at now uh, as far as movies or, or whatnot? Oh, I think I sort of touched on it, like, when I emailed you prior to the show. Uh, mm-hmm. I sort of done some help with other people's projects. Like, I did a, helped a guy out with a fan film. I've helped... Uh, Actually, a couple of fan films, like one was for Half-Life, and I'm still uh, finishing up on a Star Trek one. And uh, I've done a lot of work with this uh, director, but it seemed like uh, uh, felt you know that feeling when you feel like you're not really going anywhere. So I decided that I decided to sort of for lack of a better term, take it into my own hands. Like I've actually, mm-hmm. I've also had that advice given to me by one of my friends in the in the business. I guess uh, uh, your work's not going to come to you. You need to go out there and do it yourself. And right. Especially so in this day and age, you know, you have so many people in this day and age. You have so many people that are, are making movies or, or doing what you do, um, you know, they're, no offense, but they're, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, there's a lot of people doing this stuff, so you have to make yourself stand out, unique, and you have to come up with your own storylines and everything else, and you have to really um, try to look for work, I guess. And, and so that, I can imagine it being very tough, <laughs> very tough. You know, these Bigfoot movies that come out, and specifically the Bigfoot movies I'm talking about, you know, they're usually... Um, hard to really get off the ground, but when they do come out, I think they do uh, a good job, but they're not like overnight. It takes a long process getting actors and um, the storyline, the scenes and everything else that involves, you know, and then of course money is always an issue, obviously, because you don't want to put out something that's just utter crap. You want to put the best you can into it, whether it's, um, um, you know, the props, you know, like especially, you know, like the Bigfoot, you know, which I know for a lot of films, the Bigfoot is some of the most costly, uh, the costume is some of the most costly things uh, involved with the show. That's probably yeah, why uh, a lot of the Bigfoot, some of the Bigfoot movies don't have a Bigfoot in them. That's a <laughs> right. good way to, <laughs> like just, we won't, it, we'll, we'll put it in the title, but we won't actually, you'll never actually see it. Yeah, pretty, that's uh also, that's one thing I think. I think you know, I don't care if the suit is, looks like crap. I just want there to be a Bigfoot movie in the movie. Like, uh, I've seen a movie recently called Bigfoot Chronicles. Uh, I, I like to equate it to, like, the room of Bigfoot movies and how it's so bad it's good. Oh. That, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with... It's interesting because, ironically, the guy who made Bigfoot Chronicles is... He is from Oregon, and I met him on Facebook quite a while ago. And, it, and we have the same last name, but we're not related. And it's not sure. my last name is Monson, so it's un, I mean it's uncommon last name. And like, 
are we related somehow? It just was a strange coincidence that there was somebody else in Oregon with the same last name that was in, you know, making a Bigfoot movie. Oh, wow. That's that's a yeah. crazy coincidence, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he was in the movie. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, you know. Uh, and, I, and I will give credit in the, where credit is due. And I, I, I was going to say, I, I will give them credit where credit is due. They did have some great shots where I felt like, because uh, they didn't, it was shots where, like, the Bigfoot was just peeking out. You didn't get a good glimpse at it. I was like, oh, God, that's a, that actually is a cool shot. <laughs> have you thought about, uh, Collier, have you thought about actually, I mean, have you been on, have you done any research with groups at all? I mean, have you gone out in the field? I think for inspiration, um, you know, it might be unique, and uh, I know that some other um, directors uh, have done this with their films. That they've gone out with Bigfoot groups and researchers to get, get a better idea of what people are doing um, in the woods, in the field uh, research. Have you have you thought about doing that? Have you done that? Oh, I've. Uh, I, I think I would love to do that. Uh, whether there's uh, any Bigfoot, oh, I know there's Bigfoot researchers here in Iowa. Uh, I just haven't gotten in contact with any of them to seriously go out and Bigfoot research. But I did, like, uh, a while back when I went to uh, my great-grandparents' place, uh, which is located out in the Shawnee National Forest in Illinois. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where if there, there was actually a couple of Bigfoot sightings, like, within, like, 30. It was actually also, like, down where the Big Muddy Monster reports were. Mm-hmm way back, uh, that's near where they were, um, and I remember going out in the woods, my uncle actually drove me out in the woods, and I did some calls, and, uh, wood knocks, and, but didn't stay nearly enough, long enough, because my uncle was like, all right, I'm tired, I want to go home. <laughs> that's enough big pudding for today. Yeah, that's enough of your crap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think uh I think a lot of uh, directors and those interested in doing in, in Bigfoot flex movies would be uh be, it'd be beneficial if they actually go out with some credible people. I mean, there's a lot of people doing research, some I find credible, some I don't. But if you latch on to um groups or individuals out in the field that are going regularly and have me, you know, perhaps some um, good areas and evidence <clears throat> or data you know, it would probably influence the film in a good way. Um, you know, yeah. I, you know, uh, just throwing my two cents in there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, a producer or a film guy. Or you know, I, I love watching them, but I'm not, you know, going to make one anytime soon. Trust me. But I think uh, it could add to uh, uh, add add some influence into a movie in a good way. Oh yeah, I also tried to weave in some stuff that uh. I see, like, of course, I've seen, like, the shows like Finding Bigfoot and and uh, Monster uh, Monster Quest, Monster, or Animal X. Uh, just see what the researchers claim to do. I've seen, like, YouTube videos with uh, Bigfoot researchers going out and showing what they do. Sort of try to weave in what they do. Mm-hmm. And then also base some of the minor characters off of people that are actually in the Bigfoot community. Like, I don't know if uh, anybody 
if I'm giving away anything when I was talking about like the characters and I talk about the sort of sleazy uh, filmmaker guy in the movie. Uh, he's sort of loosely based off of Ivan Marks. Ah. <laughs> well, yeah. there is, there are a, there are probably not a lack of sleazy characters in the Bigfoot community that you could fashion a character. <laughs> No offense. None that are listening, though, I'm sure. Oh, no, hopefully not. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of ways this film can go, and, and, uh, I mean, you, you, I mean, right now, you have pretty much, um, you, you pretty much know, Collier, I, I would imagine, you know, start to finish what you're going to be producing. Uh, I mean, how much, more stuff out there will you envelop or are you looking to envelop into your, your movie, you know, uh, as far as ideas? I mean, are you still looking for inspiration ideas or do you pretty much have your plot plan, the whole thing nailed down? Oh, I pretty much got the script entirely written out. Uh, it's looking to be like an hour and a half movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but there could be things that change. Like I've actually had a filmmaker friend that I've talked to. They say that uh, it you can be rewriting pretty much right up, right as you're shooting. And then uh, I could also go up to where I can start new test screenings, and something just doesn't play out as well. So I'm gonna have to redo, tweak a couple of things. So I I want to say that. Uh, yeah, that everything's pretty much certain as to how it goes, but it's never really certain. So, the, I mean, it's kind of a living, breathing thing. The the story as you're as you're filming, you go back and you film a scene, and it's interesting because uh, they don't. I, my understanding, they don't film things in sequence the way that you see it on the screen. I mean, this scene is is filmed. You know, the the scene that's near the end of the movie might be filmed towards when towards the beginning of production, and and very it's very rare for them to film a uh, a movie in sequence. I mean, it's set up by by scene. You're filming a scene, not an entire movie. And then the yeah the filmmakers review look at the scenes and see how they all tie together, and then there's and then you put them together like a puzzle. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, of course, you have to probably go by which ones, either whether you want to get all the difficult stuff out or uh, first, or where you want to get all the simple stuff out first, and pretty much try to get all those scenes, like, oh, if you have one actor that's only available for a certain amount of days, try to get all their stuff done all at once, and then get them out and ready to go. Like, we actually have an actress that uh, just came on board. Uh, she's a wonderful actress named Megan Hensley. Uh, she's uh, recently was on a Disturbed uh, music video, uh, The Light. Uh, she, she's great friends with uh, one of my uh, actor buddies, Joe Sharada. And we were at a party, and I was talking to her about it, and I actually had the st- some of the storyboards with me, and she looked over, and she's like, oh, I'd love to be a part of this. Just tell me the shoot dates and all that. <laughs> So you are you often walking around with your Bigfoot movie storyboards? <laughs> oh no, not often. Uh, that was just like, uh, like I, I said, it was uh, my buddy, my buddy Joe. Uh, he's a uh, he's actually going to be in the movie. He plays the hermit that uh, shot the couple of Bigfoots 
um, he was having like a filmmaker's party, so I uh, uh, brought some stuff uh, with me. Oh, cool. What's so? So what? Um, what is what? From here, where where can people go to to uh, find out more information about about your upcoming movie? Oh, they can go and like us on uh, Facebook at uh, just search Sasquatch Boss of the Forest. Uh, and we also have a. I just started a fan group uh, for our movie where I also share stuff in because I've seen that a lot of people do these groups, and I thought it was a great way to keep in touch with the people that want to see what you're doing, and that way they can get notifications when you post it and all that, and you can get po- and vice versa, you can get posts when people have posted to your group and shared what they wanted to share with you. And and uh, if you look, you'll see that, that I am a member of the, the Sasquatch boss of the the forest group, so and we will share that on on uh, our Facebook group page. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for uh, being a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like like I said, I like Bigfoot movies. Some are good. That this, you know the uh, there's been a couple of the last last uh, few years that exist. I think was a really good Bigfoot movie. Kind of raised the bar a little bit was done differently and, and Willow Creek I think that Bobcat Goldthwait did was was a good big book yeah. movie so I am not a fan of the ending but uh, <laughs> watch, <laughs> yeah. I still would encourage people to watch it but uh, it's uh, yeah there's there's been some good ones uh, you you mentioned Sasquatch The Legend of Bigfoot which I actually when I was a kid saw it in the movie theater in Portland Oregon and that that uh I own a grocery store, and I actually have that poster hanging up in the store because uh, it, it's uh, I. Everybody knows that I'm into Bigfoot, and and uh, that I do Bigfoot research, and, and uh, it's just one of my my props in the store, and I get to look at it when I remind me that uh, of going to the theater and watching it. it cool! At the end of that movie, they actually were giving out stills from the Patterson Gimlin uh, footage, and. Uh, I think that was my first exposure to to the to Patty. So, and I, wow. I I just watched that on YouTube not too long ago, and it it's not a bad movie. The the, the storyline and the way you know it was basically an expedition. So, what? Yeah. I think you mentioned that earlier. And have you seen that one? Oh, of course I have it on DVD, and I also I also own the poster in my room. Uh, <laughs> I love the older uh, Bigfoot movies like uh, that I keep mentioning, Legend of Boggy Creek, Sasquatch mm-hmm. Legend of Bigfoot. Uh, I'm also, I, I I will say, Legend of Bigfoot by Evan, Ivan Marks is a guilty pleasure of mine because when I first <laughs> saw it, I didn't go into it thinking, oh, this is an actual documentary. I just thought of it as like, like modern-day mockumentaries where, it's, oh, they're saying, oh, this is the legit thing. This is real, but... These are real mermaids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, really. The, the these yetis did really kill a bunch of students. <laughs> yeah. Now, caller, you know, real quick here. Uh, what what 
I mean, do you believe that this subject may be out there, or is this just strictly a, 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 a script for you, um, an interesting script story for you? Or do you think there's a chance that Sasquatch is out there? Uh, you know, any any chance at all? Oh, I'm a hardened believer. I, I believe that there has to be something out there. I, I just don't see the reason why not, because like, uh, like uh, whenever I talk to friends about it, uh, and they don't really seem to know the history, like uh, gorillas, they weren't even discovered, what was it, until like uh, early in the 1900s or late 1800s? Yeah. And then recently we had the Billy Apes be discovered, and that whenever I, and I've been on a couple of camping trips with uh, my girlfriend and also just like when we're driving through country, uh, I look out into the forest, uh, forest and just see like dense forests for miles on end. I'm just thinking, how could something that's maybe not as intelligent as a human, but almost there, how can it not just just hide out there and be able to evade human human detection as to the point where we have yeah. cataloged them? Yeah, you know, I was I was out. I live here in Oregon, and I was out in Mount Hood again this weekend as I, you know, I'm out there a lot. And uh, I came upon, the, I, mean, I was checking out a new area. I wanted to play some trail cameras. I took my family, so it wasn't super remote or anything, but the area was new to me. Uh, Mount, ha- Mount Hood is vast. And I was looking out and, you know, uh, all, looking out on this, this really nice view of, of nothing but trees and mountains and it was just amazing to me. I'm like, you know, how many, you know, what is out there that we don't, we're not aware of, you know, and trust me, I, I know Sasquatch exists. I've had my own counter and sighting and everything. That doesn't, uh, it doesn't boggle my mind at all now. But I, I, I looked out there and I was just like, wow, this is so vast. A lot of people don't realize how vast the, the woods and the forests are. They don't realize how many places have never been stepped on by human foot. Uh, you know, it's amazing the vastness of some of these forests and woods um, that are very hard to get to, very inaccessible. And places that, man, if I if I got paid to do this, that's where I'd be because I could spend the time out there. Unfortunately, I don't get paid to do this, so I just got to look at it and, and spend, you know, spend some time out there as much as I can afford and, and be at work and time and all that. But it is amazing to me uh, that people um, will not even consider this thing being out there Sasquatch. I don't care what you think it is, but it's out there. Uh, but they won't even consider it. Um, but yet, you know, they can comment and say that it's not there, and yet they they don't really know what's out there. They've never spent too much time in the woods, uh, or, or you know, even knowing, getting to know what's out there that we know of. You know, it's amazing to me. Yeah, yeah and I think it's late. And that that. Uh, those are the people that I like to take in the woods and actually tie to a tree in an active Bigfoot area and, <laughs> and then leave them for the night. But <laughs> I have just never one night. We're that. not talking about multiple nights, which I love doing. <laughs> but just one night, you know, you know uh, it, it's amazing. I don't, I don't. I just don't understand the premise of their their thoughts. But uh, um, I guess uh, it is what it is. <laughs> well, I think for some people they. The idea of of, of uh, an own unknown giant uh, hairy creature roaming around the foot, woods, you know, is is a scary thing. It, for some people, it brings up like childhood nightmare kind of 
scenario. And and some people just don't want to think about it. most. I mean, the vast majority of, of the populace does not give Bigfoot any thought at all. And you know, when it is brought up in in like media, it's it's brought up in a in a way to to mock it and and make fun of it. And uh, of course, some of that is helped along by by people that put you know propose hoaxes and 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 uh, uh, do things that grab attention of, that the meat and it's stories that the media uh, find interesting. I for for last year last week's show we did the year in review and one of those things was the lettuce lake uh, video and there and the the still of of what obviously looks like a gorilla suit that's had a stripe painted on the top of its head. And when I was re- reviewing all that stuff, the, uh, that that actually made it on the you know the national news, or it was it was mm-hmm. shared. Yeah. It was on. Yeah, it wasn't a Florida station that I saw the report on. It was another another station in another report in another state. So it's that's the kind of story that that gets reported. Uh, right. And it can just, somebody it, it please? Just ups the game. Yeah. Can somebody please make a movie where there's a hoaxer? Out in the field doing his hoaxing thing, and then he actually gets he gets confirmation that Sasquatch is real. You know, like you know, wow, or you know, uh, you know, he sees something that he can't explain while he's in the midst of hoaxing. I would love to see a movie like that. He's out there making footprints, and then bam, there's a Sasquatch. You know, or you know, just to uh, kind of rub it in his face. <laughs> I would love to see that. That could even be wow. A <laughs> Oh! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Have you been hacking onto my computer? No, I haven't. But I just—it's been—it's been. It's been I, I watch a lot of Bigfoot movies, and that's one thing I'm not seen done yet. You know, where these hoaxers are out there hoaxing, and then they—they they actually go, "Oh crap! Uh, this thing's real," <laughs> or maybe something nefarious happens to them. I don't know. But either way, they get confirmation, and then they're no longer a hoaxer. They're a researcher or interested in the subject, or they don't want nothing to do with it again. <laughs> you know, kind of like crying wolf. From you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't know. That's the, the name uh... of the movie. There's the name of the movie, <laughs> Crying Bigfoot. There you go. Crying <laughs> well, Bigfoot. I don't know about the whole, like, uh, changing from a hoaxer to a actual re- researcher or not wanting to do anything with it, but... Yeah. <laughs> I will say there is a hoaxer in this movie that doesn't get it. Oh, interesting. Uh-oh. I a couple of names come to mind, but I I won't mention them on air. <laughs> oh yeah. Interesting point though. That just I um if that's in the movie, I'm really looking forward to watching it because you know, I've been involved with research for many years now and not as much as some, but I've come across some uh nefarious stuff and I know other researchers that have come across obvious hoaxes and it gets frustrating you know like you know they're not that you know these these researchers aren't stupid they you know from the majority of them they can recognize a hoax when they see it and uh, not always you know sometimes it's difficult people are very good at hoaxing but sometimes it's so obvious and you're like oh god you know I know Steve Calls and he's based out of um uh, well, he does some research out where New New York, you know, like New Hall, the, the Hall area out there, and he came across some very obvious hoaxing stuff, you know, some um, impressions uh, that were very obviously hoaxed. You know, I don't know if he ever found out who exactly did that, but anyways, 
it gets frustrating because people are out there doing this, trying to fool you, trying to get one over on you, you know. And that's why I enjoy going out to really remote areas because it's very hard to hoax in a remote area um, and not make it obvious, you know. And so uh, I would love to see that enveloped in the movie where the hoaxer, you know, gets uh, gets his uh, spoonful of medicine, so to speak. <laughs> Speaking of the hoaxing thing, uh, uh, it was sort of interesting because uh, recently this year, earlier this year, uh, I was actually my school that I sort of special effects school that I sort of go through. They sort of had like a town hall meeting. Uh, it's this online web seri- uh, web uh, school called the Stan Winston School of Character Arts. It's a fantastic school program. And I recommend it to anybody that's sort of interested in art in general. They do these like town hall meetings. They did a town hall meeting that pretty much covered like hoaxing because it makes sense being like special effects and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty much uh, they brought in a special effects man named Ted Haynes, and he covered what he viewed as hoaxes, whether you disagree or not. Uh, I disagreed with uh, the Bigfoot hoax they brought up, uh, Patty Gim- Patterson Gimlin, because I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, it's a real, uh, real Bigfoot. And but they did bring up some interesting things of uh, why people hoax, and some of them's not really just uh, like fool or be like, ah, I got the wool over you. It's just like out of sheer boredom sometimes. Right. And sometimes it's just uh, an actually uh, interesting thing that it was brought brought up is sometimes hoaxes get people jobs. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's been a uh, there's apparently a guy who did a, a couple of alien hoaxes and that led to him getting some jobs on some shows, doing effects <laughs> for them. No, that's a that's well, a great that's point. Yeah, it's a very good well, valid point. You know, uh, you know, and and also not just jobs, but uh, you know, your 50 minutes of fame and pulling the wool over someone else's eyes and just getting a lot of people are sick. They just like to mess with people. I mean, look at the number of prank shows that are out there via YouTube or just online or on TV where people prank people and it gets a good laugh. Um, but some of these things, you know, get major hits. And uh, there's money yeah. generated that way. Um, and some people just get satisfaction out of um, uh, just messing with people. Or, or you know, and, and you know, well, I've found personally that those that hoax, you know, not only do they get satisfaction out of it, but when, when, when people start to believe the hoax, or that they're actually really bringing something to the table, they get a, a, a following. And then they're like, oh, wait, wait a minute, I'm getting a following. Well, I'm going to keep doing this, but not ever say that's hoax. I'm just going to keep doing it because i got a fan base and i got interest in this, and um, people are looking at me legitimately when, in fact, they're, you know, there's nothing true about what their endeavors or what they're doing, but they get a following, and uh, they just keep they just run with it. You know, because nobody can really – it's hard to disprove a lot of stuff out there. And so they just keep running with it, and it it just happens time and time again, you know. And, and then before you know it, they're labeled a researcher or someone knowledgeable on the subject, and they love the attention. Oh, yeah. Are you hinting at somebody? I feel like you're hinting <laughs> at some dire guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's one of them, but I think he's he's – 
he's come, finally come out of the closet and, and, and has labeled himself that. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. But there's many others out there. I'm not going to call names out, but there's many others out there doing this. Some I, I, I don't know for a fact, but I I, uh, yeah. I I can assume or my opinion is they are doing that. So I'm not pointing fingers, but there's a, you know, it's a very tough field to be in. Um, because there's just that many hoaxers out there, or not only it's hoaxers, but people putting false information out there, looking for their fifth minutes of fame, or whatever they're doing. So um, it's out there. It's it's to be recognized, and uh, that's why um, a lot of your really um, top-notch, in my opinion, researchers, people doing things the right the right way, don't share a whole lot of stuff because it's not good enough. If, if you know what 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 is good enough in this field? It's very tough. You know, you can post uh, uh, tracks, impressions, uh, um, hair samples, the whole nine. Still not good enough. Still not good enough in day. You know, it takes a lot more than that. And that's why, you know, I lo- I enjoy personally working with the Limit Project and the Tillman Forest Group, you know, as researchers that we're building upon our information in our databases Building, 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 building for that day of discovery. Whether we're the ones or not, we will have all this data collected that will be shared for the day of discovery to show to the general public and the academia that, um, well, you know, here, here, here's what we have. How can we help? You know, uh, and that's what I look forward to. And there's a lot of researchers out there doing that. Uh, and individuals and groups that are legitimate, um, and it's tough at times to get around the, the the shock and awe factor, you know, with some of these uh, YouTube videos and stuff. Where oh, here's a Sasquatch, here's a, here's a track impression, or you know, and there's really nothing to it. You know, it's it's tough, but at the same time, if you're really legitimate about the research, and and doing your due justice and work on it, your work in the end will will show that you were adamant about it and you were honest about it. And that's, to me, the key thing. Well, one of the things that you, the phrases that you you use that is very accurate is due diligence. I mean, hoax, the fact that, that hoaxing exists and, and uh, that it ups the game for legitimate researchers is that we really have to process our evidence and back up our evidence with 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 science with with processing you know just just providing raw data is not enough to to uh, move the subject forward it really is more about collecting it you know real bigfoot research isn't that sexy isn't that you know doesn't wouldn't make what? great tv <laughs> yeah yeah it sucks <laughs> it just yeah. sucks you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of time and energy, and 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 a lot of times not getting anything, not getting results, or not you know going out in in the field and not having anything happen, which is valuable information. As Bigfoot, you know, people that are are hardcore researchers know, not not having anything happen is is valuable as as well as having things. It's not as much fun as having, you know, screams and and finding footprints and and other stuff, but. It's it's also value valuable in in the long run and in the uh, the building of of uh, predictability and 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 that stuff. So, but yeah, right. due diligence is is uh, hoaxers do do uh, that 
that's, I guess, the one thing is hoaxes make you have to do due diligence with your with your research more so, even though you should be anyway, but it ups the game for Bigfoot researchers to rule right. out. Right, they get their 15 minutes of fame. They get their right. little, little minutes of fame and at the start, but it, we're not in this for the short term. We're in this for the long term, and it's not about fame or fortune. It's about the subject matter, the study of it, and what is proven and what is not proven. And I hope, Collier, your your your, your film reflects that a little bit. I don't know if it will or won't. I'm not going to put words in your mouth or um, whatnot, but it sounds like your your, your film is, um, you know, this girl that wants to continue on with research from her father um, that was probably doing legitimate research. And uh, now that I guess we let a little bit of the cat out of the bag with the, a hoaxer, I, I'm really looking forward to watching this. It sounds very interesting. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, I, I, I'm just hoping to live up to the hype because uh, it feels like uh, by having to like try to build up this fan base in order to do the Indiegogo, you build like hype, and of course that can kill a movie. But I really right. hope uh, it can live and do justice to what people expect. Uh, of course, like the people uh, on the crew that have read the script, uh, they say it's a very great script. Uh, like uh, some people are saying, oh, it's a very juicy script, and I can't wait to be a part of it. Or oh, it's something great. And uh, I also talked. Uh, people uh, I've talked to the project that I haven't like given them exactly what happens in the script, but they uh, said that they feel like I've avoided some of the pitfalls that most Bigfoot movies fall into, the uh, the mistakes they make. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just uh, I uh, I'm very excited to see it happen finally. Because uh, this has been like a passion project of mine for five years. It's just it's been uh, fun. The few times we've gotten together and shooting, it's fun working on it. Well, if you ever so, need uh, ins- inspiration or ideas, or you just want to come out with um, and 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 see what some of these researchers are doing, you're more than welcome to come out here to Oregon or Washington and come out with us. Uh, we'd love to have you any time. Um, you know, if we could help out, that'd be awesome. Well, I'd love to make you a trip out there, but of course, money. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I understand. You know, and uh, I know it takes a lot. You know, uh, you know, people have great endeavors and ideas, um, whether it's research or a film. But it takes money to make this stuff happen, and most of it comes out of your own pocket, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> oh yeah, like uh, like I said. Uh, I've been making a short version to sort of, like, give a taste, so that means I'm having to make compromises on the short to hopefully give people an idea, oh, uh, this would be cool, and uh, just imagine what they could do if they had more money to do it properly. Ah, yes, exactly. And there's not enough of that out there, whether it's uh, in in film or research. The money is lacking, you know. I've spent thousands of dollars on research, um, and that sounds like a lot, but in the scheme of things, it really isn't, you know, because it takes a lot of money to do stuff. I mean, just the basics, whether it's filming or research, it takes a lot of money to do anything, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't claim to know much about film, but for research in general, you know, you're talking, you know, gas money, batteries, uh, 
um, time off work and the whole the whole that whole nine that whole scenario uh, for filming. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's not a whole lot of people that will do things for free, <clears throat> and it takes time to do research on the subject matter and uh, go to places and film stuff and get it edited and you know. So I can imagine um, you run into some Building, of the same frustrations yeah. that I do. <clears throat> Oh yeah, I was gonna say that. Uh, from what you, the way you're describing it, it's pretty much the same problems you run into, like taking time off work, and I'm, I'm sure when you're like go out in the field researching with other people, you're having to time it with their schedules too. Uh, trying to work around everything, trying to get the money together. Then sometimes there's those pitfalls when you're like, oh, I got the money now, and they're like, oh. Yeah, I can't really do it now. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. That that would that kind of sucks. So the next step for for um, your movie is is the Indiegogo campaign. Is that the next thing we'll be looking yeah. for? Yeah, yeah, uh, we're looking for. And when because, uh, when when are you planning on launching that again? Um, I'm looking, we haven't have any set dates yet, but the general idea after talking with some of the crew, because I like to get my crew's uh, input, what they think, uh, and uh, see what they thought. Uh, some of them said that it would probably be smart to wait till uh, at least in the spring. That way everybody's got their tax returns and everybody's basically <laughs> recovered from stuff, shows on stuff like Christmas and all that. That's, that's smart thinking, yeah. Yeah, and that's basically what you had to do when you're doing a crowdfunder. I've done a lot of research, too, within crowdfunders that uh, you have to time it, time it right because sometimes crowdfunders fail because of the time of the year and also that right. they don't, they're they not getting the proper push because uh, I've seen some uh, uh, films go up on Kickstarter recently that uh, had very ambitious goals for the budget. But uh, when I looked at their promotion, they really only promoted at the beginning of the campaign and then the last day. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that'd be a challenge. Collier, Collier, is there anything else you'd like to share about about uh, your movie or or Bigfooting in general? Or hmm. well, I, I just. Uh, Hope it lives up to everybody's uh, expectations. Obviously, I won't. It won't please everybody, but like, basically, I, I I have a couple of philosophies. One, I want I want to bring like a sort of, for lack of a better word, a bigfoot epic. Like each genre has their uh, some of their standouts, and I want to like. My hope is to contribute. Uh, Something that people look back and be like, "Oh, that was a that was a fun movie. That was just a fun movie." And if it's not, I, I just hope that it entertains people, good or bad. Because, like, uh, I remember one time when I was having like a very down, I was very down and all that. And one of my friends said, uh, "Well, you're going into making movies, so just think that you're going to be bringing people together, uh, pretty much." So I, if it's a good movie, I, I hope it's something that people can gather up on the couch or in, maybe in theaters and see and have fun watching. And if it's a bad movie, I just hope that they can 
get on the couch with their friends and just poke fun at it and be like, ah, oh, why why are they doing that? Oh, that's just so stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, there's two questions that came in to our chat right now. Uh, one is, what part of the country are you filming in? And two, uh, what about your uh, your sculptures, selling of your sculptures online? Oh, uh, well, the I'll answer, go ahead and answer the first one. Yeah. Uh, there's two places that I would love to shoot in. Uh, one is the most economically possible for us is uh, shooting here in Iowa. Like, I know people are like, ah, here in, where you're in the corn, that's, that's not a big story. But I, I look at the BFRO maps, and there's been a fair amount of, like, Bigfoot encounters here, and uh, there's, like, a fair amount of woods around the town I live in. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's not, like, too many cornfields around the town I live, and it's very hilly. Uh, and there's actually some great, because I go out in the woods whenever I can here, and there's some, uh, I was actually a place that, uh, on a farm that I used to live on, where I, I don't know whether it's just bad luck for the cattle or what, but I pretty much it was a creek that, uh, there was a lot of cattle bones and stuff from all the cattle over the years that would either fall or just happen to die there. Or... Mm-hmm. And then the sculptures, uh, what, what particularly are they curious about? Um, just to talk about your sculptures or the sculptures in general um, and where they can find them, I guess, you know, selling them online. Oh, uh, well, like I said, uh, you could find them on the Sasquatch Boss of the Forest uh, official page. or And uh, I've posted some on the fan pay, fan group for uh, Sasquatch Boss of the Forest. Uh, like, uh, depending on which ones they're talking about, if uh, they're talking about the ones that I do, like, in my free time that are just, like, rant, uh, different monsters I've done or the Bigfoot I'm guessing they're talking about the Bigfoot-related uh, mm-hmm. work yeah, I've done. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to go, I, I guess I'll go into designing them, uh, and basically the creature for the movie. Uh, if, I don't know how many people out there that are watching that are aware of the long process that has been has gone into the design of the creature is that uh, this I've gone through many iterations, like, over this process from the very first one I did back in uh, 2010 or 11, which was basically a slip-cast latex mask um, where I had uh, cut it up to where there was some jaw articulation. And I scrapped that. It was pretty much a long process of doing something, then scrapping it and starting over again until I got it perfect, or at least as perfect as I could get it. And recently I've done a couple of maquettes, which are miniatures of what the full-size thing is going to be. And Yeah, I would I would say that if, if you can promote that properly and you have um, – some finished product that may help fund your your project here. Uh, I know a lot of people are interested in in sculptures and drawings and everything else that 
you know some 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 people do uh, that they may help fund your project if you oh, sell yeah, properly like, uh, and, and promote it properly. Like uh, I, I uh, model some of the stuff I do off of uh, some uh, work of one of my favorite indie directors, Sandy Colora, who is also uh, one of my past teachers. He uh, recently did a uh, Kickstarter that was all very close to being successful for his movie Shallow Water, and where he uh, showed one of the, the creatures that he was making. And I, I'm I'm expecting that we'll. Sh- sort of what the creature is going to look like closer to the Kickstarter or the Indiegogo, I apologize, uh, getting uh, up and running because what we're planning is, like I said before, doing a short version that will give people a taste um, with a sort of a cheaper version of the costume. It's going to be basically just a rubber mask with a gorilla uh, cheap gorilla suit, but uh, trying to get them a taste of what we will do when we get we ha- have an actual good suit, or at least good enough to where it it's not like in the way of like oh that looks so fake, right? And uh, then when we do the actual Indiegogo, we'll have a more of a trailer that more closely more or less matches what we're do- actually doing. Uh, like I, I have the trailer storyboarded, and you'll get sort of a better look at what the final creature will look at, look like in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Also, fun <clears throat> gotcha. fact: the storyboard that I have up, uh, the creature that you see in that is going to be more or less what you're going to see in the short film. And those are on yeah, the, are your Facebook that page, sort of yeah. thing. And if you can. <clears throat> sell it the right way. I mean, people are interested in others' interpretations of what Sasquatch may look like, you know, uh, if it's based upon uh, other people's sightings or your or, or your own individual artistic interpretation of Sasquatch. You know, people love stuff like that. And I know I've got friends that do busts and casts and stuff um, and molds of Sasquatch, and they do pretty well doing it. But it's it's something that will sell. And it's very interesting to people, and they like to put it in their collection, whether they believe in Sasquatch or not. Yeah, and that's something that we're going to do, uh, like sort of the uh, campaign to sort of test the waters, because I'm also a big fan of the collector stuff. I did a sort of a one-fourth scale bust of the creature, and then a like six, eight to six scale version that we're looking to do a uh, Kickstarter or Indiegogo to see how well it goes and test the waters, too. And don't, don't you just wish it was as easy as uh, the new Star Wars movie where you got to license your movie on every conceivable item that exists? I mean, there's, oh, there's wouldn't Star it just Wars. be great? <laughs> I just saw Star Wars, uh, like, Maybelline has a deal, a licensing deal with Star Wars. It's like, really? I mean, that's, what? You know... I mean, it, it's ever it's on every you know lunch boxes, underwear. I, I mean, anything you can think you know anything you can think of, they've already they've got Star Wars on it. I mean, I I can't imagine how much they make off just the licensing of of uh, of the images. So it's crazy. 
Yeah. Maybe maybe down the line we'll Ridiculous. have you know, Sasquatch boss of the the forest lunch panels. Oh, that would be if only that would happen. <laughs> so this is yeah, a message I mean, you could, to you anyone could, who makes lunch boxes out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on your Facebook page, I mean, it would be interesting to see a poll or or whatnot to have people uh, get a part to be a part of this whole thing as it develops. Either look at what you're doing uh, periodically as you share it, or give their two cents, and, and you know um, that will help uh, give you input on on what to do down the road as far as the construction of your your suit or creature. You know, I think it'd be very interesting. Oh, I've already sort of done stuff like that. Like, uh, I know the first thing that sort of opened the gate to it was uh, somebody on Facebook uh, suggested. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the logo. I, I assume you've seen the logo we have with the yeah the footprint with the big patty silhouette walking through. Yes. Uh, yeah. They said, "Come on, seriously, this needs to be a shirt." And. Uh, I pretty much told uh, my audience seeing, uh, where this was something, and now I see that if when we do the campaign, that's going to probably be our top uh, package, uh, the packages that contain the shirts, because that's going to be something that everybody's probably going to want. Right. And uh, <laughs> then that opened it up to, like, uh, when I was, going through some designs, like uh, trying to figure out, oh, what what would be this? And I thought, because I was trying to decide what contact lenses, what the contact lenses should look that uh, will be worn. And so I pretty much went out there and uh, asked the audience what they thought and gave each uh, contact lens idea number, and they would respond with the corresponding number And what would you end up with for the idea for contact lenses? Oh, it's uh, let's see, I'll have to look uh, back. But I, I remember it was the one that uh, had a very brownish, yellowish look to it. Uh, that was very ape-like. That covered the whole eye, the whole eye, pretty much. That uh, I'm going to the post right now on my uh, on the page. Oh crap! Did I uh, pass it? <laughs> Sorry, there's so, there are so many posts. Oh, <laughs> I know, overload. I know how that goes. So, so are there? So you haven't done the a trailer yet for for the movie, or that's something you're working on? We've done a, te- a couple of teasers actually. Uh, if you look up Sasquatch Boss before, it's basically just like. 50 to or 45 to 50 seconds of uh, footage, uh, very simple. Um, is that the that gentleman is talking about the? I mean, it's a, a white-haired gentleman talking about the boss of the woods. Yeah, he's uh, it's my actor friend uh, Michael Banks. Uh, he is he plays pretty much Debbie's. That's Debbie's father, basically. Gotcha. Okay. He's a Bigfoot researcher, and if you take a look, that's actually a qu- He's pretty much quoting uh, a speech by Grover Krantz. And 
that's ba- the basis of uh, the two uh, trailers we've done, or teasers we've done. And uh, basically they were all we could do because uh, we didn't have much people available to shoot some stuff. What about, here, let me ask you this, Collier. What about sound effects? You know, a lot of these movies out there, they, they, they use uh, known sound effects or Bigfoot calls or recordings uh, that influence them um, to promote that. Have you thought about that yet as far as what you'd use for, or is, is it even going to be a part of the show, uh, or the movie, sorry, uh, as far as recordings? Or you, are you going to come up with sound recordings really unique, or have you even thought that far? I, I uh, like uh, most almost every aspect of uh, relating to the creature, I'm wanting to sort of base it on actual stuff we sort of know. Because I look at it in the way that uh, I don't care if you believe or not believe. you got to acknowledge that there is a um, a lore and rules that uh, these creatures go by, pretty much. And you don't want to sort of uh, disrespect that. And so I know that uh, one of the bases... Uh, I was uh, going through an editing, doing a rough edit on one of the scenes with Ben, Ben Rollins, uh, one of my main actors who's playing Steve. He, uh, I pretty much pulled uh, the uh, call that was on, uh, uh, it was on, uh, I think, the In Search Of. It was uh-huh. the infamous call that uh, yell that I think they also used in Sasquatch, The Legend of Bigfoot, the long, ah, type yell. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there's the Ohio Hell and whatnot. <clears throat> so that uh, yeah, and that's one of them. You know, I'm just interested in seeing what uh, if you were going to develop that into your uh, uh, movie, or if you you know, uh, I know a lot of people or a lot of uh, directors have completely you know mashed together a bunch of sound to make what they perceive a Sasquatch would do, or just you know get some you know shock and awe factor. Yeah, I, I just want to try to stick as close as I can to what people say they sound like or what uh, they look like. Try to get as close to what they look like. That's going to be that's the hardest part. Uh, the sounds, there's plenty to go off of. Um, yeah. And uh, that's according. Uh, another interesting thing I want to bring up when you brought up sound effects is uh, an idea I sort of pitched around with our composer. Again, it all draws back to budget. Is that at some points have the music become the sound effects? Because that was another thing. Because I like to reference older movies a lot, uh, like uh, King Kong, the original 1933 King Kong. You go back and watch that. Uh, a lot of times, because since it was early in the talkie movies, uh, they would uh, use the music as sound effects. Like when Kong would punch something the music would uh, emphasize the punch instead of actually doing an actual punch sound effect. And I thought that'd be very cool to bring something like that into the movie. Like when the Bigfoot, like, if he throws a rock, that had music swell to emphasize that. No, that's fantastic. You know, the, the for me, <clears throat> in a lot of these movies, um, when I look, watch them and, you know, whatnot, I value... 
Um, I, I value artistic interpretation, but at the same time, I value uh, looking at what's out there, what uh, has been recorded over time, and you know uh, that you you envelop that into a movie, um, and as much as you can, because I mean, a lot of these sounds are open to our interpretation and uh, whatnot. But to envelop that into a movie, you know, uh, to make people, you know, really captivate. What really captivates me in a movie is when I can almost feel like I'm there and feeling that and seeing that and hearing this sort of stuff, you know. And that, to me, makes a good movie, whether you you, you, you believe in Sasquatch or not. It's uh, sort of, a, like I said, the shock and awe factor. Like, whoa, I, I can feel that in my bones. Uh, that's a unique sound. If you heard that in the woods, you would know that that probably was not anything known, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And also that's, that's another uh, thing, uh, when, when you brought up, like, whether you believe in Bigfoot or not, that's also another tough thing when, about making this is you sort of also, as much as I want to make this for uh, a movie that's just for the people that love this thing or just for them, you got to sort of, if you're wanting to do anything with it, you sort of have to keep all groups in mind and sort of think, okay, well, would this is something that is definitely a certain thing that goes on the Bigfoot community, but how can I sort of use this in a way that would be very entertaining for an audience? Yeah, because it's not a, it's not a Bigfoot documentary. It's a, it's a movie. It's a fictional movie about based on, based on Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes based on like real Bigfoot encounters, but, Sure. Like, that's uh, one thing that uh, I don't want to give away too much, but that was the big one of the biggest things that influenced a big part of the movie is the Ape Canyon thing. Because I, I just felt like I've never really seen a very, really cool version outside of, like, uh, Sasquatch, Legend of Bigfoot. A uh, very good, really cool interpretation of like uh, the Bigfoot uh, pretty much trapping people in a cabin and trying to get in. Yeah, the, well, yeah. Well, but, also, and Edward Sanchez is, uh, exists, but. Right. But. Yeah. Put your own take on it. That's. that's uh, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, we're we're just about out of time. Um, I'd like to thank you for for joining us today, Shane. Do you have any more questions? No, I, I'm really oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to yeah. I'm uh, basically I'm looking forward to the end product uh, and and possibly uh, you know because you have a fan page now on Facebook to the process that you go through um, if you can share tidbits without giving up the movie in general just tidbits and sharing stuff like that and uh, hopefully um <clears throat> people will um, be interested in this endeavor and and um help support this financially and get this off the ground to, so you can make it as best as you can because I know how hard it is to do things when you set your mind to it but you need you need money right? and you need uh, financial backing yeah. I hope people uh will uh support this you know and maybe they can have their two cents you know, by by supporting financially this this movie, that they 
some of the things they share with you or ask you to do or give you advice on or whatever, that, that could be in part of the film, and that they will see the by by backing you that they are being listened to at least, uh, whether you envelop us that's up into the show or not, or the movie or not. So um but I, I, I love your your premise, your ideas and look forward to uh where this goes. Yeah, can uh, can I say something too to sort of respond about what what you're saying about the fans and by backing sure. it up? Um, yeah. one uh yeah the just imagine, like I said, uh, when it started, it was going to be Oma, and somebody brought to my attention. So I wanted everybody to keep that in mind. I do listen and uh, read everybody's comments, even though I'm not always responding as much as I can. And also, like, when it comes down to time, uh, I'm going to put, like, uh, everybody's name that backs the project in the credits. Uh, whether you donated a dollar or twenty dollars or more, the, your the people's names are going to be in the credits, and I, and I want to acknowledge that they're they they helped to make this thing po- uh, possible. Very oh, cool. To get your name in the movie credits when you see the um, how many times do you say that? That's right. Oh, my name no, in always... that credit. I always look at movies for people with with the with the last name Monson, which is not very is not a common thing. So uh, when when uh, so you have the opportunity to you know have your name uh, show up in in the credits for movies for just for just supporting. Now you can an now you can force your project. friends and family to sit through credits. That's right. <laughs> I, my, my name's down there. I know it is. For something that is not a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Are you gonna? Fantastic. Oh, are you gonna do a secret film scene at the end of the movie after the credits? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh well, I, I don't want to give a lot away, so I, I, I don't want to give too like. There might be, but there might not be. So. <laughs> So you'll want to sit through the credits uh, for a Sasquatch boss of the forest. <laughs> oh, the worst that can happen is uh, I, I uh, sit through the credits and nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Paul, here for being with us today. And uh, we hope no problem. that we wish you luck. Me. Oh, yeah, we wish you luck in your... Uh, Endeavor and the fundraising, and we look forward to being invited to the premiere. And uh, I just thought I slipped that in there. And <laughs> oh, okay. I, I think I'm taking your hint. And uh, for all our our listeners, uh, go to uh, the the Sasquatch Boss of the Forest uh, Facebook page and. And you have you have one where they can give it a like, and then they can join the group too. Is that that what you? Yeah, the, uh, the the official page is just t- simply Sasquatch Boss of the Forest. That's the one you can go to and like and see uh, a lot of our posts. Then there's the uh, Sasquatch Boss Boss of the Forest fan group, and you can just go there. It's pretty much run by me, my girlfriend, and Julie Wrench, and uh, we try to get uh, every, around to 
accepting everybody and uh, responding to everybody's uh, posts and stuff as much as we can. So get out there and, and support this uh, endeavor, if, if uh, and we'll uh, look forward to seeing the, the movie in its completion. For uh, Shane and and myself, we wish you a Happy New Year, and we'll be back here next week. Our guest will be uh, Mr. Derek Randalls, the head of the Olympic Project. And we look forward to being back here with you next Sunday at 4 p.m., Pacific on Monster X Radio. Good night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.